Welcome to the She Speaks Truth podcast, speaking God's truth over you. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the She Speaks Truth podcast, forever and always speaking God's truth over you. All right, so I hope you've been enjoying this series so far as we talked about the cracked mug and we talked about our original identity we talked about the known identity and so today we are going to be talking about our restored identity i am super excited about the restored identity because we need to really realize that we have been restored we have been restored we have been restored we have been reconciled and restored back on to God. Christ saw, or God saw rather, that humanity needed a savior. And so um, he came down in flesh. The scripture says that uh, God became flesh and dwelt among us. He became flesh and then he restored us. That is so, I don't know, the story of salvation is, is beautiful. I'm not too sure how people don't believe in God. Like, it really just blows my mind because every time I think about the story of salvation, when I think about the blood, when I think about the power of the blood, you know, we're in church, there's wonder-working power in the blood. Like, there really is so much power in the blood. Um, and the mere fact that he came down and died for us is just is so beautiful. He saw... So, if we journey through... He's, he he knows our, our, our original identity, of course, right? So there's an original identity, which we've spoken about. We were created in the image of Christ. We were created with dominion. We were created to rule. We were created to be a part of the family of God. Then we have the known identity where, you know, Eve got tripped up by the serpent. And, of course, that passes down to us. And so God sees that man needed a savior and he came down right and so it's so interesting because if when we look through the scripture we see that god spent so many years like hundreds and hundreds of years 400 years um to to get the children trying to get the children of israel back to their restored identity when the children of israel were some very stubborn people god is gracious God is very gracious because the, the 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 children of Israel were some very 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 stubborn people, but yet uh, the scripture says that they were a stiff necked people. My God, that's rough. But yet, oh, time and time and over and over again, God tried to do everything in His power uh, to help the children of Israel to get back to their restored identity. Like when you look in Jeremiah chapter 18, uh, you see that God uses a metaphor where he talks about the fact that, you know, he's the potter and they're the clay. God was pretty much like, hey, let me restore you. I know you're cracked and I know your identity has been skewed, but let me restore you. And God sees the, the disobedience of the children of Israel and takes it a step further, as I've said before, to send his son to die for us so that we can have a restored identity. So what does a restored identity look like? It looks like the fact that we are a chosen generation. 
We are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are peculiar. Like those are the things that describe us as restored. Like we are restored. Like all things are made new. All things are made new. The scripture says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have been passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so I think it's important that we have an understanding that we have a restored identity in Christ, especially for those of us who have been through some things where we have been, you know, hurt, abused, all that kind of stuff. It's it's very easy to feel shameful um, or feel ashamed. It's very easy to feel guilt. It's very easy to feel as though, to feel unworthy. It's very easy to feel used, like those kind of things. But when we realize that, honestly, I have been restored because of the blood of Jesus, it, I think, again, it really shifts our mindset because we have an understanding that my identity has literally been restored. Like, I can come to Christ as I am, because he sees me through restoration. He sees me through reconciliation. The scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin. I, I think it's so powerful that like Christ came on the earth and he walked the earth. He became flesh. He was perfect, of course, but he became flesh and he went through some of the things that we went through. So he went through temptation. You know, we see where he was tempted by the enemy. And I think that is so ironic that Christ was probably like, and, and of course this, this scripture doesn't say this, but you can use your imagination when you're reading the scripture. Christ was probably like, okay, you know what? Adam and Eve were tempted um, or more so Eve, was tempted in the garden. Hmm, I wonder what it's like to be tempted. <laughs> or, you know, as the enemy came to him, he was probably had a flashback to be like, you know, Eve was tempted. So this is probably how Eve felt. You know what I mean? So it's so important that we realize that he, the chastisement of our sin was upon him like he bore our sin and he carried our shame wow that is man i don't know that that just got my heart like when you read the scriptures and sometimes when you say it out loud it's like he bore my sin and he carried my shame like he car- he literally carried our shame and so because he carried our sh- our shame and he bore our sin, we do not have to bear our sin or carry our shame anymore. Literally, there's another scripture that says that he blots out our transgression. Like, it is, it's gone. Like, he doesn't see us through the eyes of any of the shame or the sin or anything like that. Like, I think we need to realize that it doesn't matter what we have done. Christ, I think I told somebody this the other day. I was like, it doesn't matter. You can think about the worst thing that you have ever done. Let's do it now. Think about the worst thing that you have ever done in your entire life. Think about it. That thing does not separate you from the love of Christ. That thing does not allow Christ to see you any differently. That thing 
allows you to or allows Christ to see you like I hope I'm explaining it right I really do hope I'm explaining it right like the way that Christ sees you is so beautiful it is priceless like he sees you or sees us rather as precious he doesn't he does not see us through our sin he sees us through his blood and his blood is redemptive his blood is reconciling his blood is is restoring and that is exactly how christ sees us right the scripture says that he came unto his own and his own received him not and he came and he 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 sought for us he left the 90 and 9 and came and, and, and looked for us. And so we really have to just realize that, man, like, God really loves me. Like, he really, 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 truly, he truly loves me. The the, the mere fact that he, he bore my sin and he carried my shame so that I no longer have to do that. The song that says there is no bondage, every chain is broken. There is no guilt, there is no shame. All of my sins and my past a bit has been erased. And it's so funny because when you look at the scripture, we talked about this last week, before I formed you, I knew you. So I knew the mistakes you were gonna make. I knew that you were gonna mess up. I knew all of these things and yet I love you. I love you so much. Um, his love for us is literally unconditional. It's not based upon something else. It's not, um, I love you if. No, I love you, period. Like, he loves us, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, period. Like, there's no conditions to his love. His love is literally unconditional. And and there's nothing that you can do to make Christ love you more. There's nothing that you can do to make Christ love you less. And I think, I remember one time... I was uh, listening to a sermon. Oh, no, it wasn't listening to a sermon, but it was it was a part of a church service. And um, the preacher was saying that, you know, when Christ was on the cross, like wh- when you talk about the context of him bearing our, carrying our sins and bearing our shame, um, whatever we have gone through. So if it's molestation, that was on the that was nailed to the cross if we were raped that was nailed to the cross if we have ever committed murder that was nailed to the cross if we are living a life of home were living a life of homosexuality that was nailed to the cross like whatever it is like if we were addicted to pornography that was nailed to the cross if we're addicted to drugs or smoking weed or whatever the case may be that was nailed to the cross it was nailed to the cross and like i know sometimes Um, The enemy will allow us to think that, you know, we are not free and we are in bondage or we are in chains, but you're really not. You're really not. Like, you are a royal priesthood. We are royal priesthoods. We have been called out of darkness. We are in Christ. We are new creations of Christ. You know what I mean? So I think it's so important that we have that understanding of of who we are and and realizing that whatever I've been through has been nailed to the cross. Like it has been, he, he bore those nails in his hand. 
my God, like every time I think about the cross, I'm just like, it, it makes me so emotional and it makes me so thankful because he chose me. He chose to die for me. You know the song, I don't know if you guys know the song, when he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. Man, like when we were on the cross, he thought, he thought about Jessica. He was like, you know, I know what Jessica's going to go through. And so I'm going to I'm going to allow them to pierce my side. I'm going to allow them to pierce my hands. I'm going to allow them to do whatever it is so that Jessica can have life. The scripture says that he came that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. We have abundant life in Christ. And we really, really have to realize that because of his blood, we are restored. So we go back to the first week and we talk about that cracked mug. Christ does not see our cracks. Ooh, that's a good post. I might, I'm going I'm to go ahead and, and post that. Christ does not see our cracks. Tweet that, Instagram that, make a song on that, preach that. Give me my credit. <laughs> but Christ does not see our cracks. He does not see our cracks. He does not. He really does not. But he sees us as whole. That's how Christ sees us, right? He he sees us. He sees us through how he thought of us. That's how Christ sees us. And so it's, and, and and so I think and that I think I know that he is trying to get us to that place. And it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a journey. It's gonna take a lifetime. But let's start the journey now. You know what I mean? Like, if you haven't started that journey already, let's start the journey now. See, like, honestly, I'm going to see myself the way God sees me. I want to. I need to. Most importantly, I have to. I have to see myself the way that Christ sees me because it is so, 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 so important. So you were chosen. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. This is your identity, like, this is your identity. Um, I, I was watching a spoken word once, and it says, we will not find our purpose in culture's covering, right? And I think it's important that we we realize that w- with, a, with a restored identity also comes um, an identity specifically lined up with the word of God. I remember one day I was reading, I don't remember where I was reading, but it was talking about the fact that um Abraham he um righteousness was accredited to him was credited to him because of his faith and i was like oh that's powerful he didn't even have to do well he did do something he had to have faith for him to have, you know to be counted as as righteous or whatever the case may be but i think we need to understand that a restored identity is according to the word of God and it is not according to the world's standards. A restored identity, and, and I was reading and, and there's a part of it that talked about the fact that, that people, sons of disobedience are not counted. Uh, I shouldn't say not counted, but there are people, there are, if you're not obedient, then are you really, can you really say that you're a son or a daughter of God? 
You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're walking in disobedience, are you really a son and daughter of God? And so I switch it and I'm like, I am a daughter of obedience. Like whatever my heavenly father tells me to do, that is exactly what I'm going to do. And so that's important that we realize that a restored identity is likened onto or more so, I should say, according to the standards and, and, and the truth of God. What does the truth of God say about a restored identity, right? Um, I know a lot of times, like, on social media and stuff like that, like, we, like, our identity can be so misconstrued or messed up, rather, because of social media and because of our social climate. Um, and I think it's important that we stay true and grounded to the word of God. Like, it's so important in this day and age because it's so it's so um, easy to find our worth and our approval through likes and shares. And even for myself, like, I'm like, man, I have to be really careful with, you know, doing this new venture that I don't get caught up in too much analytics. I don't get caught up in how many people share the podcast or I don't get caught up in likes and all that kind of stuff because the truth is I need to just be doing what God told me to do. And if I'm and and here's the thing, right? We can be doing what God told us tells us to do and we're not getting likes and followers or whatever. But that's what matters. Or we could be getting likes we can be getting followers. We can be getting all this stuff, but we are walking in disobedience, right? So it's important that like, we realize that a restored identity is according to the word of God. It is so, so important that we realize that it is according to the word of God. And so I've mentioned this before, just around how I've dug into scripture to find out who I am in the word of God and you know some of the affirmations that that came out of these out of these things talked about the fact that you know I am a citizen of heaven um I am full of potential and creativity I am honest I speak the truth of God um I do not place my confidence in my flesh or in the responses and affirmations of other of others um all these kinds of things and I am disciplined um there's there's so much that I have found in the Word of God. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, uh, verse one and verse one to seven. These are some of the ones that came out of there. So it says here, I have inner calm and I am well spiritually. I have sincere faith. I have confidence in God's power, wisdom, and goodness. I am gifted. You know what I mean? I have a sound mind. I am not anxiety. Like. These are the things that allow me to now align my life with the word of God. These are the things that allow me now to say, you know what? I am not ashamed of who I am, regardless of my past, regardless of my journey. I am not ashamed of who I am because I am I'm I was never created to be ashamed. I was never created to walk around with shame. Shame is not who I am. Shame is not my name. Anxiety is not my name. I am somebody who often struggle with anxiety. I am somebody who often struggles with depression. And, you know, I'm going to talk more about that, you know, in some of my upcoming podcasts. But these are some of my struggles. And I now have to realize that I am restored 
I am not, I am not anxiety. I am not depression. Like, this is not who I am. This may be a part of my journey, but this is not who I am. It is not who I am. I am who God says I am. And the, the scripture says that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. I remember one morning I was praying and I and I remember anxiety was rocking me. I mean rocking me. And I said and I prayed and I said, you know what, God? Um, the scripture says that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. And so I am going to send peace ahead of me because anxiety is, is thinking about the future, right? That's what makes us anxious. And I said, you know what? I'm going to send peace ahead of me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to allow um, anxiety to go ahead of me. I'm going to send peace ahead of me. I said, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will not allow depression and the things of my past to hold me down. No, 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 no. Because that is not who God says I am. The last thing I want to end with as we wrap up this series is an unashamed identity. Can a cracked mug still be a vessel of honor? Does God still have use for somebody who has been broken or for somebody who doesn't see themselves through the eyes of God? I truly believe that a cracked mug can still be used because we have restored by Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 21 it says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and to some to honor and to some to dishonor. It says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You can be used for the glory of God regardless of your past. And I have learned that God will allow us to go through things so that we can in turn help somebody else. We live in a very, very messed up and hurt and broken world. And I have found that many times um, as I go through something that anything that I'm going through, my life is literally a living epistle, like everything, anything. And, and, and there's nothing that I'm, that I'm going through that I've gone through or that I'm speaking to you about that I haven't gone through myself. You know what I mean? So going from being a cracked mug to, you know, realizing that I'm living out the narrative of others to struggling with my identity. Like, I really, really, really struggled. It was, it's been, it's been quite the journey, but I've realized that I am a vessel of honor and I can be used for the master's glory regardless of my cracks, regardless of what I've been through, regardless of my journey. You know, God doesn't dispose of us because we are cracked, my God. He doesn't just throw us away. He said, no, come, daughter. Come, my friend. Come, you are restored and I love you. Like, that is what God says to us. He sees us as restored. Um, In Romans, it says that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, not not, not death, nor 
height, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, like liter- nor, nor angels, nothing can separate us from love. Not even sin. Sin used to separate us from God. It doesn't anymore because of his blood. Know that you have the blood of Jesus running through your veins. The blood of Jesus runs through your veins. Know that his DNA is in your very system. And so because of that, you are restored. Like you don't have to walk around with your head held down. You don't have to walk around like you're less than. You don't have to walk around feeling abandoned. I know there's people who are probably, they probably grew up in the foster system or their parents died or whatever the case may be. But our God is a good, good father. He's a good father. He's a faithful friend. I know there's some of us who have been let down by people, let down by friends, but he's a good friend. He actually calls us friend. The scripture says he calls us friend. And so you are a friend of God. I am a friend of God. We are friends of God. And so when we realize these things, we're like, man, we can walk in victory We can declare victory over our lives. We can declare that, you know what? The truth is, I am a child of God, and I dare you to tell me something different. You know what I mean? I am a vessel of the Most High God, and even with my cracks and my lines and my damages, He still loves me, and He still wants to use me. Is his blood in, that's in my veins. It's his breath that is in my lungs. And so I will live for him and I will do whatever it takes to ensure that he is pleased with my life. And uh, I know sometimes that when we talk about God being pleased with our lives, you know, we, 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 we take it to another level. We feel like we have to do all this stuff for God to be pleased with us, but we really don't. We really don't. It doesn't have to be a bunch of stuff. It doesn't have to be any of that. God is just pleased with us. He is pleased with how he created us. He is pleased with who we are. And so you are not discarded. You are not less than. You are not worthless. I know, you know, people have been told that, that you're worthless. Mm -mm. No, no, no. You have worth. And you have value, and all of that is because of the blood of Jesus. People have probably told you, you know, you are this and that, or, you know, because you've messed up and you've done things, people hold that over your head. Jesus doesn't hold that over your head. He holds nothing over our heads, absolutely nothing. I really pray that this series blessed you. I pray that it it challenged you. And, and it will allow you to see yourself through the eyes of God. I pray that we will continue to journey to, together um, as we talk about different issues and, and different things like that. Don't forget to share the podcast if it's blessing you. Um, I really do hope that it is. Uh, so yeah, share. Let me know how you're liking it. Um, let me know if you want me to extend uh you know, a particular topic, if you want to talk more about it, whatever the case may be, I am here to serve the people of God and to speak the truth of God 
over the people of God because we have been stuck in too many lies. Too many lies of the enemy have been spoken to us and portrayed to us. All right. Love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your love and your support. I sincerely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. All right. God bless you and have a good one. Bye.